Did you know that in 1943, Georgia became the first state to change its voting age from 21 to 18? Georgia lawmakers heard the outcry from the young soldiers, old enough to fight, old enough to vote, and adjusted its laws. It took the rest of the country 28 years to also grant this right to those old enough to fight. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Hey y'all, welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. Back for round three. Feel like we're kind of getting into the swing of things around here. Are we sounding better? Good enough to leave a five-star review, subscribe, follow, or download? All those things help to bring the Lore of the South to more listeners. If you can't do that, maybe just give us a share on social media or tell a friend about the show. Also, eventually I'd like to do a listener story If you have a personal paranormal story or some family lore you'd like to share, send it to me at loreofthesouth at gmail.com. Once we get enough stories sent in, we'll produce a special all about y'all. I may even share one from my own childhood. My family and I had the chance to stay on St. Simons Island a couple of years ago for a short little vacation. And that is where today's story takes place. If you give us a follow on social media, I'll even share some of our pictures from our trip. Today's story is kind of a twofer, as I like to call them, or maybe a two-for-one if you don't speak my brand of Southern. We're going to have a little brief history of Fort Frederica. That's the area of St. Simons Island where Christ Church and its graveyard are located. Then two tales of devotion that lasted beyond the grave. So maybe that's more like a threefer? Anyway, on with the show. Fort Frederica and the Spirits of Christchurch Graveyard. Only three years after the settlement of Savannah, Georgia, the Honorable General James Oglethorpe has ordered the creation of two new fortified garrisons on the Southern Barrier Islands off of the Georgia coast in order to better protect His Majesty's colonies from the Catholic threat to the South. The first of which will be known as Fort Frederica located at the north end of St. Simon's Island. Fort Frederica wasn't just a fortified garrison, but also a town, a quite sophisticated one, sometimes compared to that of Williamsburg, Virginia. The main street running through the town was known as the Broad Street. Each business and home were built on equal-sized plots, and each were given a bit of green space for gardening. Fort Frederica grew all manners of fruits and vegetables, from peaches to pomegranates. Their plantings were quite diverse. The little military community thrived with the help from supplies from the English crown. But once the Spanish were defeated, Fort Frederica had served its purpose and the troops were disbanded. Without the support of the garrison troops, the town slowly withered. The final death knell rang when what remained of the town was destroyed by fire in 1758. The lands on the island were then divided up and became large plantations, nearly all of whom would be served by Christchurch. The first churches were held by Reverend Charles and John Wesley in 1736 upon the founding of the Old Fort. These two brothers would later go on and found the Methodist Church. It wasn't until 1808 that Christ Church was actually founded or consecrated, but church construction would not begin until the end of War of 1812. 
a small wooden church was built and worshipped in until it was almost completely destroyed by Union troops during the Civil War. And then this brings us to the odd tale of Anson Green Phelps Dodge Sr. And this will be the only time that I say all of this man's names because he had a lot of them. Anson Dodge came from a wealthy family from New York. And after the Civil War, the family founded the Georgia Land and Lumber Company. He and his Pine Barren father began buying up land at greatly reduced prices all over Georgia and setting up lumber mills. Anson came to St. Simons Island in 1868 to help his father manage his lumber business, where he fell in love with the area and vowed to one day rebuild the ruined Christ Church where the Wesley brothers once preached. And y'all will see in the pictures that I'm going to post that it's absolutely beautiful. Spanish draped live oak trees, the whole nine. It is a gorgeous area. Anson then returned to New York in 1878, where he renewed acquaintances with his first cousin, Ellen Ada Dodge, at the anniversary party of their grandparents, where the 18 and 16-year-old fell in love. The match was forbidden, and the pair ran away hoping to elope. The family caught up to them in Washington, D.C., where the couple had registered in separate rooms under the names Mr. and Mrs. Young. The pair were separated, but maintained a long-distance devotion to one another, and they were married two years later on June 4, 1880. The newlyweds traveled south to visit St. Simon's Island and to view the remains of Christ Church that Anson had so grown to love. The newlyweds traveled south to visit St. Simon's Island, where Anson showed Ellen the remains of the old Christ Church and the surroundings on the island that he had so grown to love, before the two set off on a world tour honeymoon. While in India, Ellen ate some contaminated fruit and contracted cholera. As Ellen lay suffering from cholera's awful effects, Anson promised her that he'd never leave her side. Once Ellen had succumbed to her illness, Dodge had her body embalmed. This at the time was fairly rare. They had really just started developing embalming practices during the Civil War to help preserve bodies, to help transfer them back home. And this is what Dodge was hoping to do with Ellen. He, was, he wanted to bring her back to Georgia. They had her body placed into a metal coffin, and then that was placed into an ebony casket where they sold Ellen and Anson back to St. Simon's and to Christ Church. Back on St. Simon's, Dodge dedicated his life to Christ and became an Episcopal priest. He had Christ Church rebuilt in the style of an inverted ship's hull. The church was completed in 1884, and Ellen's casket was placed in a metal vault under the altar where Anson Dodge would preach on Sunday mornings. Thusly, his promise was kept to never leave her side. Anson did eventually remarry. He married a local St. Simons woman named Anna Gould. The couple were happy to serve their community and their church. Anson even commissioned the building of several other churches on the island to further meet the spiritual needs of the island's inhabitants. The Dodges had one son, Anson Dodge III, who died tragically at the age of three when he was thrown from a carriage. Dodge turned this tragedy into more good works by opening an orphanage for boys called Anson Phelps Dodge Home for Boys. 
Anson died at the age of 38, and upon his death, the remains of his first wife, Ellen, were removed from her vault under the church's altar and placed in the grave with Anson himself. If you visit Christchurch Cemetery today, you can still see the graves of Ellen interred with Anson, Anson's young son, and Anson's second wife, Anna, all together in death. Something about Christchurch drives a deep, deep devotion in people. I'll leave you with one final story about Old Christchurch Graveyard and its legacy of devotion. There's a tale of a couple, and the wife was severely ill, probably with consumption. The wife was also said to be desperately afraid of the dark. Every night, as the sun was setting, her husband would bring a lit candle to her room and make sure that the flame would last all through the dark night. As the woman's time drew nearer, as the woman's time drew closer and closer, she confided to her husband that she was too terrified to die. She couldn't bear the thought of being trapped in a black tomb. He then promised her that just like in life, he'd always make sure she was never alone in the dark. When his wife passed, he'd be seen each and every night without fail carrying a lit taper to rest upon her tombstone. This carried on for several years until the man himself passed away. Soon folks who lived near the graveyard would see an eerie light floating and making its way to stop above the poor dear woman's grave. Even upon the husband's death, he still continued to bring light into her darkness. What did y'all think about that one? Old Anson wasn't too bad for a carpetbagger cousin kisser robber baron. How was he? Let us know what you think. Join us on social media. We can shoot and share your thoughts on the show. Don't forget those reviews. They're very important. And one more thing. I'd like to thank my husband for producing these. He's been doing a really great job. And he's also been kind of a bully. And makes me get up and go record this. And it's it's been an odd experience. It's, it's weird hearing your own voice and talking to yourself in a room by yourself. It is odd. But again, thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to y'all later next time on Lore of the South.